Maybe it would be a great life, life coach. Life coach. Life a coach terrible banker. Yeah. But a great <laughs> Tap the life. I'm like the George Bailey of life coaches. Oh, totally. right. yeah, yeah, right. Here's some fucking money. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful fuck me. <laughs> you know, all right, great. That's, that's, that's far off. You know, that's good. That's good. <laughs> this is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. that the Literate Ape cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? Hey, man, Happy New Year. Yeah, you know, almost. I almost. guess, I don't know. It's a couple it's days. A little, I don't want to be presumptuous, but... Yeah, it might be a shit New Year. I hope it's a happy New Year. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the thing is, I think it's uh, following 2018... Um, you know, with the record number of mass shootings and uh, everything Trumpalicious, you know. Uh, and it's like, it, it's it's getting even better. Natural disasters. As we wind down 2018. Yeah, yeah, natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would like to hope uh, that uh, things are getting a little bit, that 2019 might be a much better year. See, I... I can always go for a better year, but 2018 wasn't a bad year. No, I mean, in my it, opinion, because I'm doing what what people do now, which is let's just look at my shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So Fuck what? The world. So let's how, talk about me. All right. So let's look at 2018 from a personal perspective. What? 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 Did the, what? How was your 2018? 2018. David Himmel? It's. Well, I'm glad you asked, Don. <laughs> 2018 started out really bad. It looked like it was going to be really bad and really hard. Okay. Because at the end of 2017. I had been laid off from work, so I was starting 2018 with oh, that's right. no job. That was going the back to freelance and peak I had, media, peak six, peak six, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um, so I was going into 2018 like, all right, back to the freelance game, but I had no bite, you know, no nibbles yet. But things started biting pretty quickly, which was good. Um, Harrison wasn't born yet, so Katie was still pregnant, so I was still not on board with having a kid. Yeah. Um. I just wasn't looking forward to it. Like, I wanted the kid out and everything. I just wanted to get on with it. But yeah. I, it was like, I didn't know. It was the anxiety that comes from just not knowing anything. Like father-senioritis. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was. Get it, it over pre, with. Can I just be done? It was prepartum depression. Prepartum depression. Yeah. And that's a thing. Yeah. No, it is. I wrote a column about it for Chicago <laughs> Health. I talked to doctors. Like, it's a thing. Oh, I'm sure it's a thing. It's a just thing. like H- a, what ADHD is a thing. And, uh, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Trump anxiety is a thing. That's not a thing. You know, it's a thing. No, no. doctors fucking said it's a thing. So it must yeah, be a well, goddamn thing. If they can sell, if they can sell some pharma for it, it must be a goddamn thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Look, man, I made money on writing about this thing. I understand. So it's it just real. called anxiety, dude. Anxiety is not a thing. It's just. But a I thing. had extreme anxiety around. Not even becoming was it extreme. A it was pretty bad. I like, was in a bad spot. Like, tell me about the extreme. Tell me about the physical ailment that you suffered from your extreme anxiety about having a kid. Um, I mean, I, did you have hives? Was there were there irregular bowel movements? Was there? Oh yeah, there were irregular massive, bowel movements. Massive, massive insomnia. Yeah, I basically spent three months without a solid shit. Like it was just, I was pissing out of my ass for three months. Well, I mean, but that's not. But it's doable. It's not like it was debil. It's not like you're no, shitting I wasn't your pants in the street. No, but it was very stressful. It was stressful in our house. It was. 
every little change I was I saw as, you know, you'd think that my house had been flooded, like that I was living in Houston and all my shit was gone, you know, because I yeah. had to give up my my own office to make room for a for my kid to have his own bedroom. And I was lo- like, this is this is awful. And so I, so uh, really you know. what you're saying is all those movies about the kid who knows he's going to get a baby brother, all that anxiety he creates, it's like that's like a thing, that's like a, a, a medical thing, or is it just a kid being anxious because he doesn't know what's going to happen next? I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't speak you, to no, that you No, you got paid money to write a thing that about says medical me. doctors about me. say that there's a thing called prepartum depression in the father, which is just... Well, no, but that's part of miles from you know. That's part of that's it it happens a lot with fathers because they're not connected to the kid yet. So the woman who's carrying the baby has this nine months and all these changes and these these hormonal connections that are there's no hormonal in the guy. It's It's, just this. It's called stress over the unknown. It's a gigantic inconvenience. It's so it's called so. That's what it is. Okay, so in in the level of medical problems. We can say that prepartum paternal depression yeah. or whatever it is that you said you had uh-huh. is really kind of on the level of being offended by the baby it's cold outside song. It's like, I don't like it and I'm going to be a bitch about it, but is it medical? No, it's not PTSD. It's not like you blew up your well, leg in a fucking there's Afghanistan. There's no nuance. There it's is not nuance. like you were traumatized. It's not like your uncle fingered your butthole when you were seven and now you're dealing with it. It's you don't know what's going to happen. You have anxiety over what you don't know what's going to happen. And you've suddenly become Alvy Singer and you have a tumor because you think you have a headache. It's ridiculous. Well, I didn't suddenly become Alvy Singer. I've, <laughs> I've always been... <coughs> Yes. Alvy Singer. Yes, all right, okay. that's fair. So that is this totally was just fair. this was par for the course for me. What I learned from this is to shut the fuck up and get over it. Things are going to be fine. Like this is just another one of those lessons that I refuse to learn, and I hope now I have learned it because this was the a big thing. Having a kid is a big Oh, it's huge. Thing. It's a gigantic thing. So it's not I don't want to take away from the gravity yeah. of it, but to say that you, as the father to be, well, let me let me re- had let me some sort of then. medical, like therapeutic thing that you had to go through. It's like, come on. Let me repackage it then. So, on top of not of you know the uncertainty of how I was going to earn money. Okay, so you had that, and like what my career was going to be, and what my job was going to be, and the kid was coming, and I it was just it was this. I started twenty eighteen in this land of s- severe uncertainty. Okay, so you were uncertain. Yeah. And that's hard. Well, uh, it, that is difficult. I don't know if hard. Digging a Come ditch on. is hard. Difficult. You're you're parsing it too much. Your There's, wife, th- your wife having her hormones change and her body change, that's hard. Yes, that is hard, and that's why I'm an asshole. I don't think it makes you an because asshole. I was, it just makes you a little bit snowflakey. A little bit. Yeah. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of the pr- of, of her pregnancy going. What about me? What about my concerns? Mm-hmm. What about my problems? How is this affecting me? Fair Nobody enough. asks how I'm doing with the pregnancy. I did. You did. And we did it on the podcast. Yeah. And you whined. Right. Incessantly. I was a fucking dickbag. You were just so... Yeah, I was a... My right. stuff. My couch and my office. My and yeah, I was horrible. Oh, wait. You know. Um... So that was the beginning of 2018. I just wasn't looking forward to all the things that yes. were happening. I wasn't looking forward to getting back in the freelance hustle. I was looking forward to sharing my home 
with some flesh monster that was going to come out of my wife at some point so, soon. So, so ground zero at 2018, January 2018, shit's uncertain. Yeah. You're feeling under siege. I was also, my dog had died you know, okay. at the end of the year, so I was still, yeah. like that, so it just, were, things were just icky. It was just a rough, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a difficult Yeah, it was, it was life, you. life was happening. But yeah. then it got right. better, like, th- things happened, remarkable, remarkable, uh, momentous things happened. Yes. I got my first tattoo. There with you go. You. Yes. That's kind of cool. Of your dead dog. Of my dead dog, yeah. See, there's, it's all connecting. Um, Rhythm of life. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, then in May, or then March happened. Yeah. I would skip right over yeah. Harrison's birth. You yeah, know, he was so born. Yeah, he was born. Plop. And then it was fine. Like, just immediately. I mean, it's, you know, having a newborn baby is hard. It wasn't as hard as people made it out to be. Yeah. And I think that's because I was prepared for it, because I had set myself up for it being the shittiest, horrible. Yeah, the shittiest experience. And I, I will say this, you know, full disclosure. It's hard. It was harder for Katie. Oh yeah. I think it's always harder for the woman because their body is f- a fucking mess and the yeah. breastfeeding. You know. Oh yeah. I just had to get up with the kid in the middle of the night and yeah. you know. But she had new holes. <laughs> I don't know? think they were new holes. I think they're just expanded. Expanded holes. holes yeah. yeah. Extended. The extended pack. The holes that she yeah. had were somehow. Yeah. Mm, and yeah, and to yeah. Me, and she wasn't like it wasn't like a whole episiotomy thing. Just she, <coughs> you give birth, it's it fucks your body up. Sure. You know? Um but yeah, so then Harrison was born and that was cool. Yeah, that was, was good. That was a plus. Was now you and, have less uncertainty. Yeah, and it because that's all I wanted. It's like yeah. we talk about this a lot, like with Dana. Like she gets panicky with with transition. Yeah, transition, she gets she does not care. She does she's doing she she rallies. She rallies. But you have to like once I, I just I do this with things. Like I just want it's like it's, let's go. Let's just fucking do it. And you can't rush a pregnancy. No, you can't rush a pregnancy. If you pregnancy. rush a pregnancy, you're not gonna have the kid. Like yeah. just I'm ready. Three months in, I'm ready. Like you can't. Yeah. Because it doesn't have fingernails yet. Few few things that are worth Maybe doing. Three months it has there are very but. few things that are worth doing that you can rush into. Mm-hmm. So Harrison was born, that was good. Um, in May, I won the Lissiger Award. Yep, uh, which was which was really cool. Um, fuck, I we got a boat, got a new yeah, sailboat. I yeah. was sailing this summer. Jesus Christ, like yeah. I was living the dream. You know, like that's in my little pictures of you and your kid, your little naked butt yeah. child on your yeah, boat. Spent yeah, spent a lot of time yeah, on yeah. the boat. Um, I, I got more freelance work. I mean, you know, it's it's freelance. Yeah, so it's world, up and the down, world, but, you know, things, things happen. Yeah, things everything fine. came. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, we bought a new car. Not that that really matters. Mm. I don't know, but it's some just like you know, if you it's look at like thing, all the yeah. panic, you just have to like, all right, what are some exciting things? You know, yeah. just shift, shift the 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 focus, just change the the perspective. It's well, it's what it, 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 I love this, and it was uh, Alice actually taught me. It's the only good thing I can th- say that came out of that experience with Alice was the concept of reframing. Yeah. Is that every situation, all it really takes is a shift of, refra- of the frame. Just slight. It doesn't even have to be a big shift. Right. A slight shift, and all of a sudden you see it from a different angle. When you see it from a different angle, generally it's either not as bad or as good. Right. Depending on, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of reframing the good as well. Yeah. You know, just to kind of keep things 
Yeah, you got to keep things mellow. Yeah, and just even, keep things even level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that I'm never that I'm not going into the extremes of, oh, this is the most wonderful, or oh my God, this is the worst. It's really much. It, I mean, I guess I'd, I'd say that's sort of my perspective on Trump. No, I don't think it's the worst. I've reframed him. Yeah, and I don't think it's the worst. It's just bad. It's bad and it's foolish and it's yeah, laughable a lot of the ways. It's mostly you know? funny. It's mostly yeah. really ridiculous. It's I had a moment. I was listening to uh, the news this morning and or the other day, I guess now since this is recording a couple of yeah, days, yeah, coming dropping a couple of days later. Um, Michael Cohen was just uh, sentenced. Yeah, like three years and three some, years, yeah. yeah, something like that. And he had to pay like one point four million in restitution. Yeah. And I'm listening to the report on it and how emotional it was. He's his wife was there. His kids were there. Yeah. His, I don't know, his father or grandfather who was a Holocaust survivor. Sure. Not that that should add any credence to things, but just this old oh, always person does. who's seen some shit. Yeah. And probably, we could argue that it's the end of his life. Not sure. saying he's on his way out, but, you know. His, he's old. His son or grandson, I don't remember which it was, um, has to watch him go to jail. Like, that's hard. And he's admitting all the shit. He's like, I, I fucked up and I regret that I wasn't strong enough to walk away from what Donald Trump had on me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was like, damn, I feel bad for Michael Cohen. Oh, I don't. And then I went, shut the fuck up, <laughs> yeah. dude. Shut up. Like, you knew who Trump was when you got involved uh-huh. with him. Come on. Come on. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, 2018 wasn't so bad. Yeah. I- and I think 2019 is looking pretty good. The yeah. only thing I'm not looking forward to in 2019 is you being gone. Yeah. Or you being in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. In yeah, such, yeah, 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 you know. yeah. It's, like, it's not like I'm going to an alternate dimension right. and there's no way to contact me. Right. I'm not Ant-Man. But it's like it bums me out that, you know, the routine of coming up, walking yeah, down yeah, the just block coming to your over place. And, yeah. and, you know, like, but... Okay. Well, well, yeah. We'll we'll create Whatever. new we'll, fi- we'll, we'll create new you create new things. That's just yeah. it. That's how yeah. you reframe it. Yeah, that's and it is. It's that's all it. about reframing. And yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, my 2018 was like I said, uh, you know, that began basically. I was in the midst of like. Oh shit! To I'm figure... sorry. No. I published a book. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we both published, <laughs> right, we books, published this year. books this yeah, year. Like yeah. that's a big fucking thing. That's a big. Fucking if we're gonna thing. consider yeah. ourselves writers who write books, like that's a that's a that's a positive step. That's almost a bigger thing for me than Harry being born because I did a lot of the work. Yeah, it was, you your, know, here's the it thing. was your holes. Your holes got extended yes. because of the book. Okay. I did the work on the book. Katie helped. She helped oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, she did the Harry work. Yeah. I did the book work, but we were both still a team. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. And, man, we we had a I mean, it was rough for Katie and I. I'm not saying, like, the divorce attorneys were no, on the no, line. No, no, yeah, you know, but, but, yeah. And we're still okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we fucking hate each other, but we're living through yeah, it. Yeah, you're you're making it. Well, you know? that's 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 marriage. That's <laughs> yeah. that's just that you know. And I don't even you know, it's like I don't even think it's like the concept of marriage. Like every time about marriage is so much work. I think it's just a relationship. Relationships when you are, are when and it's about creating. It is. It's about a team. It's a unit. It is. It is. It is one from two kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we have to work all this stuff out. You have to be in a relationship. Both people have to be their most selfish yep. and selfless yeah. at the exact same time. The, and that is hard. you got to figure out how you're making it That's hard work. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm getting better at that. You will. You will. If you, as long I as hope you, to. The, well, it's, the, it's practice. The thing about it yeah. is, and, it's, and this is from someone who's been married three times. Right. 
Um, I am a fan of the idea that that practice at relationships, and in my case, practice in marriage, has served, I think, served me well. You'd have to yeah. ask Dana, but I think I'm a much better husband now than I was to either of my first two of wives. Of course, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just a better husband. I get it. I understand. I'm a lot more patient. Yeah. I'm a lot less selfish, I think. Um, you know, yeah. No, but yeah, 2018, uh, the, the big thing for me 2018 was Millennium Park. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was six months of the year, and that was a blast. I mean, yeah, that was that like... that was fun for you. That was a good gig. You had money. You could, as a freelancer, yeah, you could yeah. count on that money. You had a thing yeah. to go to every day. Every was day. A, I had structure. an office that was a fucking giant park. Yeah. You know, and uh, I got to see all kinds. I met, met a ton of people. I got to uh, see a lot of stuff. Your office was a thing that people all over the country and world save up money for. To come to. Right. Yeah. For like three days. Yeah. And you probably, there were some days where you're like, ah, oh, this fucking crowded train or oh it's just so hot out I there mean, were, there they, were moments there were least, moments like, I, I, I enjoyed like, it I, almost I work every time Park. there were the, I would say the last day of uh, of uh, jazz, jazz fest <laughs> I was I was burnt to yeah. a fucking crisp that, yeah. but other than that for the most part I just really I, th I thought it was a lot of fun but I, I enjoyed it it's, immensely that same thing is when I lived in Las Vegas I remember when I was working um, in radio and I was doing the morning traffic gig morning yeah. sidekick traffic gig and it was like 4 in the morning I was driving to work on on 2.15 I was I usually would take the exit to 15 and get off at Sahara and go up the stratosphere yeah. and one morning there was a bad wreck and the 15 interchange was closed off from 2.15 so I had to take Las Vegas Boulevard as an alternate route I remember this so perfectly I'm sitting in my car and going mother fuck I'm going to be five minutes behind. Like, I still made it there on time. Yeah, but yeah. I knew I would, but I was just annoyed. Yeah. Because I was running a little bit late, and I don't know. It, it just, it fucked with my system. Yeah. You know? Your, your process. And I, your... So I get off 215 onto Las Vegas Boulevard, and shortly thereafter is Mandalay Bay. Yeah. And there's the big lights, and I'm driving down the strip, the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah. Which you can see from space. Yes. And I'm bitching to myself, and, you know, fuck the goddamn alternate route there. Which is also ironic because I'm a traffic. I was a traffic reporter, yeah, so like yeah. I had to go in and then report about this. But then it dawned on me, hey, fuckwit, you're bitching about having to take the Las Vegas Strip as an alternate, alternate route. route. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. dickhead, shut up. Yo, yo, I mean, I yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, I, I have to remind you know, it's that, it's that there are starving kids in China kind of nonsense. But I, but I, I appreciate that. I have to do that to myself. It's like when you get locked into. You know, I used to say this to every time. Every time we do a, a show, I did. I, I've had to do this at Bug House, but uh, every time, every time we do a show with old WNP, and it would be a slight audience. You know, it'd be like mm -hmm. fifteen people in the audience, and yeah. it was just like, oh fuck, what are we doing this for? And everybody's like, and I would look, I pull people aside and say, listen, you're performing theater in one of the largest metropolitan areas on the planet Earth. Yeah. With more talent and more amazing stuff going on yeah. than almost any city you could imagine, and you're pissing and moaning that only 15 people came to see it, you get to do it. Yeah. And there are 15 people that paid money to see you do it. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Right. It was very, well, very recently, because I'm doing my farewell tour of Chicago, so I'm seeing people that I haven't seen a lot, you know, and having dinners and all that stuff. And, and, are you being reminded of why you stop seeing them so often? No, no, no. Actually, I've, I've, I mean, that's one of the best things. It's, it's, it's like uh, somebody asked me if I was going to do, if Dana and I were going to do the Irish exit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're not going to do a party. We're not going to do right. a fucking fair, fuck all that. You know, yeah. I'll see the people I want to see when I want to see them kind of thing. Yeah. 
And recently, uh, I was having dinner, and uh, one of my friends uh, basically said, you know, you're like my life coach. <laughs> and I thought, man, she said, you should do that in Vegas. You should be a life coach. And I went, you know, in this day and age, in the world of toxic masculinity and Me Too, I'm sure I'm not the life coach that most people would want because my life coaching is the the essence of suck it up, shut the fuck up, get over it, yeah. figure out how to do it. I mean, I'm, I mean, and, no, and, that's right. and it's yeah. not like this is the thing is it's not like I place that sort of uh, metric on everybody else, right? And not myself. That is the internal voice yeah. to myself. When I get in those moments where I start to whine about, when I get anxious about uncertainty, I will ca- and I do this. I do this uh, not a lot, but you know, I usually do it when I'm getting ready to go to work out. But I, I'll go to work out, and if I'm feeling low or I'm feeling, oh, I don't know what, and then ah, and then I will. I'll hear the internal voice uh-huh. again. Shut the fuck up, you whiny bitch. None of this is that big a deal. Right. If it was a big deal, you wouldn't be going to a goddamn gym right now. Right. You, fuck off. Yeah. And, and you know, that's my life coaching. So yeah. I don't think I'd be a good life coach for anybody, well, but also, I'm a great life coach for myself. Well, the, the term life coach also is gross. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, because it's like, how do you feel in this, all this, uh-uh. that, that weird bullshit? Like, not the way you know I do you it. Are, <laughs> you're, not a li- you're not a good life coach. <clears throat> you're a good friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I on tried. that topic. Yes. Can I borrow some money? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, See, okay. you, you yeah, see? maybe you would be a great life, life coach. coach. Life coach. A terrible coaches. banker. Yeah. But a great <laughs> Tap the life. I'm like the George Bailey of life coaches. Oh, totally. right. Yeah, yeah, right. Here's some fucking money. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful fuck me. <laughs> you know, all right, great. That's, that's, that's far out. You know, that's good. That's good. Um... One of the things that we're doing, and, we, and if, if you've been reading The Ape, you've been reading Literate Ape uh, this month, you know, we have our, our requisite holiday fair, mm-hmm. our, our Brian Sweeney weird takes, our Paul Tieto violent murder stories, yep. you know, we great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we've got, a, you know, we've got, a, there's a Christmas angle, but the we best are... part real quick <laughs> on the Paul Tieto thing. So yeah. he sent the story to me and he goes, this is mostly true. But the story starts out with, I committed, I committed my, my first, first murder. murder on Christmas Day. I was eight years old. I know. Like, you've got to fucking Please tell me that it. that's part of the mostly yeah, true. I'd love for the mostly true on that. I actually don't want to know if that's mostly true. That just creeps me out. But, okay, I'm going with it. No, but uh, one of the things uh, that we've done, and uh, at this point, we've put them out. They're out there. But I figured uh, this would be a good time to kind of go through um I mean, I I already put up a post which is here are the top ten reads. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are the these are the these are the pieces in 2018 that people read the most. Mm-hmm. So if you hadn't read them, here's an opportunity to see what the big buzz is about. You put your um your obituary or the news yeah that was like death. that was like number two number that two was, yeah. yeah number two number one was uh, Bill was Bill Arnett's uh, breaking piece. down the Second yeah. Amendment, but it's a neat it's an interesting sort of. Uh, walk through 2018 based yeah. on that. Yeah. But one of the things I also really, we talked about this is, is that there are plenty of pieces for literate ape that I don't think a lot of people read, but I think are out fucking standing are really great pieces. Mm-hmm. And so you and I have come up with sort of a list. Um, so let's talk about what we think are the best pieces, like the top five a piece, best pieces 
um, to read on Literate 8 from 2018. Yeah, I think that the, the best of the eight, the first thing that I would say is that Don Hall is dead. That Yeah, the He's, obit. Yeah, I because... God, that, the, the reaction to that fucking... Thing. Well, see, if you go back, it says right now, it says it's Don Hall, April Fool's. 1966, yeah. 2018, and April Fool's obit. Yeah. We when changed you, that on April 2nd. When, yeah, when you put it out, you, there was, was no April Hall, Fool's 1966, 2018. Yeah, and, and that caused quite a bit of... There's and, still people pissed off at you about that. And I don't pick this as my favorite, as one of my favorites, or one of my best, because I wrote it. This is not mm, a, mm, an ego thing mm. at all. But it's because of the way people reacted to it. Like, what's the your story with um, uh, Bill Curtis? Oh, and um, Donna. And Donna is right, Oh, yeah. they were furious yeah. at you. Donna yeah. was pissed. And... She apparently got over it. Yeah, she or did. Or she forgot who I was. One or the other. We connected totally, later on to yeah. work on some Gilda's stuff for yeah. Gilda's Club Chicago, and she she's was sweetest she's wonderful. human being alive. Yeah. And I didn't want to remind her. Yeah, I'm the one that like, killed Don Hall. I killed Don Hall off, yeah. by the way. But also, the, the thing that I love about that story is that it, I wrote it in a way that it could have actually happened that way. Well, the, the, but the people that really <laughs> knew me read it and went, nah, there's way too much shitting in there. Nobody would write it no bit. I mean, that it's realistic if you know me. However, but I would argue that those people haven't been around a person when they've died. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Because but you wouldn't write that in an obit. I've been around a nobody small normal would write handful. that. Yeah. No, most most people writing a news story about it, breaking the news. We about talk about my love of strawberries. They what? And oh, my, that's what they would talk my, about. And my and my 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 model sailing boat. Yeah. Collection, whatever. Yeah. Do you, what? No, I don't. It's just that's what obituaries always say. It's like, oh, yeah, it's all the, and the he nice collect, shit, yeah. and he collected trains. What the fuck? No, I don't see, I would, shit about I that. would be completely fucking honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would expect the same if and when I die. Oh yeah, that you would do that for me. Oh yeah. Well, I, I know if I were to do uh, an obit, uh, like a fake obit of you, what you died from was completely an unnecessary worry. You were worried about some completely bullshit yeah. thing that you thought you had a tumor and you believed it so firmly it came true and you yeah. died. That would be sort of my right. obit on you. I thought about that, like how I would do an obit on you. All right. We should. I like <laughs> that obit. Maybe will kill me off on April 1st. Yeah. We'll see, no, we'll see we what did. happens in 2019. Yeah, we'll the see. The world is our oyster. It is our oyster. The digital world is uh, Maybe I die from a severe case of dry foot. There you go. You know. Uh, my first pick is uh, Carrie Caster, June 21st, wrote on being wrong and admitting it. Oh, that is a good one. And it's yep. a really good piece. It was one of the earlier pieces that Carrie came on with. Um, and I think it was one of the pieces that she sent us as like her entry, like, mm-hmm. take a her look at my stuff. What do you, what do you think? think? Yeah. And it's all about the fact that she voted for George W. Bush and just sort of like, she was wrong, but she didn't feel bad about it. She didn't have the regrets. It's a, I, I think it's an excellent piece. I like, yeah. I really like her writing. But that was, uh, that's, that's my first pick. Well, and that's funny because my, another on my top five here is another Carrie Caster piece. Uh, all right, she which makes... is, I will let go of straws when you let go of the bloated corpse of capitalism. <laughs> that's I just piece. think it is because it's such a stupid fucking <coughs> argument. This whole out, outlawing straws or. Be, you know, because they're they're killing the environment or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. she, such a fucking drop in the bucket of things yeah. we're doing wrong to the yep. environment. But her thing was filled with such righteous rage. Oh, and research. Oh yeah, she she yeah she, she didn't dick had around. the facts to back up yeah. her rightful justified anger. Yeah, her fear. And it was just so fun to read. Well, Carrie Caster is like she's like our version of she's like the female version of Eric Wilson, in that. 
She is really <laughs> pissed off, but amazingly fun to read when yeah. she is. You know, it's like a pissed off Carrie Caster, a pissed off Eric Wilson. Is you know, and I know I'm sure it's not good for them personally, but fuck them personally. I'm entertained. You and isn't what? that really Some what of it's the all best about? Art we've ever had came yeah. from the artists. It was really hard for them. But, but great God, for us. we love so, it. So, yeah. I, you know, there you go. Yeah. My second one is, and this was your friend Jarrett Keene. It's the only piece he's written for us as a contributor. But, I mean, I read this thing five times. I mm-hmm. thought it was one of the, it, it, and in terms of a Stan Lee obit, yeah. it was one of the best obituaries and it, one of the best pieces mm-hmm. um, I've ever read about that. And there were lots of think pieces on Stan Lee. And it's entitled, You'll Never See His Like Again, Revisiting Comics Legends. This is a fucking mouthful. (laughs) You'll Never See His Like Again, Revisiting Comics Legend Stan Lee's Best, Most Literary and Vastly Underrated Story, The Silver Surfer, 1978. He wrote it. Here's what's great about that. Published November 19th. That headline is a perfect example of clickbait that works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but it was just such a thoughtful, I mean, like a really brilliant and thoughtful Mm -hmm. and i had read that comic at the time so Mm -hmm. reading it really brought a lot of memories back and he was dead on with his analysis i just thought it was a fantastic piece um but it did not get as many reads as i would have liked no but i mean it's it is a brilliant piece and listener go back and become a reader yeah that i mean that's that's the whole point of bringing this stuff up is like these are things i think people should read but it is that that piece was it was heartfelt yeah um it was uh it was Informed, super was, informed, and it super wasn't all like Stan Lee changed our lives. No, no, no. And he it was about a very specific an outcast. Yeah, it was, it was about like, a specific story, and, and why he was line. so good as an artist, yeah. as a creator, yeah. as a you know. Um, and you know, side note to this, Jared has been working on a book about Jack Kirby. Well, then you know then, who then helped I create the Silver Surfer. Well, and so when that comes Thor out, I really want to read that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Based on that one piece, yeah, yeah, that is a great piece. Um. So another one of my favorite things that we did was um, was the flash fiction. Oh yeah, the love curse. The love curse. That was um, fun. It was just fun, and we're gonna do it again. Oh yeah. It was just a little project to just bring the writers in to let's collaborate. Let's mm-hmm. just you know, and the different voices of everybody and how yeah and, and, and how it, it all came together in the end. And it took some weird twists and turns. And there was one point where I'm like, how the fuck is this gonna? Oh, work? I remember us talking about it. I was like, you know, I don't even know if this is gonna work. I was like, just that's let them figure point. it out. Let them figure and it out. That's the fun of it, and yeah. that created a kind of camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, between the writers, that most of the writers, maybe most, haven't met each other. Yeah, yeah. There's, but here they are. They now have created this thing a together. Thing together. Yeah. The love feeding curse. off of each yeah, other. Yeah, you can find that, and yeah. that's that's a whole series. Um, and this is not a, a let me stroke your cock anything, but this was one of my favorite top five things was for the love of broken things, a Chicago hairstylist emerges stronger after fire. Uh, it was published October 21st. It was written by you, David Himmel. Um, and I just love this piece. I liked, I liked that it was, I mean, basically it was like Dana met uh, the woman that runs the thing. And then Cassie, Cassie. And then she sent me, I say, I'd like to tell my story on Literate Day, but I read it and I went, well, you know, uh, it needs to be, you know, not just sort of like a promo piece. Whatever. Yeah. And then you agreed you'd go and interview her. And at the end of the day, it was just a really great, solid piece of community journalism. Yeah. And we don't do a lot of that. So I really, if you haven't read that, For the Love of Broken Things, the Chicago hairstylist emerges stronger after the fire. 
October 21st, David Himmel. You can find it on LaterNape.com. I really, really like that piece. That's also one of my favorite <coughs> things. Yeah. One of my favorite pieces. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love writing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. These these narrative profiles. Uh, but I think, it, one, it's a great story. Not not that I... Yeah, yeah, story no, the, 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 yeah, her, her story, story is, is a, a great story. story. Yeah. yeah. And what I really liked about it was the reaction to it, is that we... Uh, we created a friendship yeah, with yeah. Cassie. I'm now get I get my hair cut. Like I met a new hairstylist, yeah. and I really like her. And yeah, she's, she's a super cool, badass chick. Yeah, and yeah. And you read that article, you want to go hang out. Yeah, you want to go hang out at their space, and, and it promotes local business. Yeah, local business. And cool she person. Is a friend of the ape. She's come to yeah. you know events of ours, and um, she's going to put our books up, and mm-hmm. you know she sells art pieces and creative things. You know, so she she's is. Cool. She's I, what I told Dana yeah, is when yeah. I went, because I, I went to interview her with Dana, and when Dana and I were walking back after our, after hanging out with her at the at the salon, uh, I said, "Little Broken Things is littered ape, if it were a place. If it were a place, like, it a just salon, has that yeah. feel. It's it's cool. And we <laughs> you yeah, know, we think we're very fucking cool game. Yeah, but it's it's edgy. It's not your typical. It's not your." Salon. You it's know? off the beat. We're track. not a literary magazine. It's you know? solid, but yeah. it's weird, and it's not for everybody. But it's and for the people that the like it. She shit out of that thing, and yeah. it, it opened us up to a yeah. whole different. But audience still wasn't we read. Yet. It still wasn't read by enough people, in my opinion. Well, which nothing is why it's will on this ever write or published will ever be read by enough people, in my opinion. All right, that's fair. That's Unless fair. it's like I don't know, fucking world read. So is like, that your yeah. third thing? Is the yeah okay your yeah. third thing? Well, then my fourth thing. Um, and he hasn't written in a while. Um, he's been uh, kind of going through some things, but it was by Peter Kermitis. It was June 9th. Oh, I forgot about Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love Peter. Um, and he wrote a piece called 20 or 30 or whatever number of things I have learned from the three times and two half yeah. times I have fallen in love. Yeah. And it was, was part of it was an experiment. It, it was an experiment in how he could format things. Mm-hmm. Remember? It was like Which trying to figure out. Crazy. Drove you nuts. Yeah. But it's a really beautiful piece. It's very thoughtful. Um, and, you know, it's it, 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 there's some funny to it, but there's some real... It's very heartfelt, and and I yeah. really love that piece. And I don't think enough people read it because what they read Peter for is funny, yeah, or maybe political. Mm-hmm. And this was neither funny nor political. It was very heartfelt, and 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 it has a fuck another goddamn mouthful of a fucking title. Yeah, but it's a really lovely, brilliant piece. And uh, so yeah, I mean, really. Check podcast listener, if nothing else, you should read Literate Ape if you're not already doing it, mm-hmm. because we are so anti-clickbait. We well, <laughs> I mean, we, well, this is the thing. It's so funny about it is is that we we do we have these we have con- you don't are privy to this, but we have conversations about this very thing. Yeah. Um, and my thing is, I want good titles. Yeah. I don't know. They don't necessarily need to be clickbaity, but at least be interesting to read. Yeah. Because here's a th- like the. the, the Churchill's got one. A story about a dude. You know, nope. fuck you. That is a terrible title. Now, it's I want I'm not gonna say it's better. It's more concise than twenty or thirty or whatever number, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. However, there's a sweet spot. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be clickbaity, but let it be at least something I, I look at the title and I go, hmm, yeah. I'd like to read that. That's as close to clickbait as we put. I yeah. would I mean I'd just put 
Look at all my look at the tits, yeah. and then well, here's pictures of hot chicks. I mean, and I you know I would do that for every five piece. reasons you should jerk off to a boob. Exactly. Well, that's I mean that's just Brian Sweeney. Seven, Anything Brian writes. Is seven just, reasons the left boob is better than a vagina. Yeah, that's yeah. A, a Brian Sweeney piece. Yeah, yeah but it won't be well, anything we about, about that. that. You've you've got because we we talked about this before that yeah. you you will start many of your pieces with a headline. with a headline. I always start with a headline. And yeah. the one headline that you've been sitting on. Uh huh. Was something with Cardi B about how you don't like Cardi B just because you know it'll get readers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cardi B. Yeah, Cardi yeah. B. Yeah, yes, yes. But that's... I appreciate that you haven't done that because there's not the substance. Well, because I don't, I don't, well, that's the thing is I don't care one way or another about Cardi B. I don't she's know. She's a rapper, right? I, she's a rapper. You know, I don't listen, but I just, yeah. I, she's just one of those people that everybody yeah. talks about. It's like, all right, well, if we're going to talk about this, let's. Uh, I think she fucked the Kardashian. Whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I can't write about it because I don't care. So my, I've got so my final my my, of my top five, and then I've got a like yeah, a you got subset, yeah. subset. Um, but my final top five is the is is two pieces mm-hmm. grouped as one, the letters to Harrison. Yes, um, there Prince were two Harry. pieces uh, that were written by one was written by you, yep. the other was written by my old high school buddy Brian Sweeney. Yep, um, a few pieces of unsolicited advice to young Prince Harry Himmel which mm-hmm. is yours, and then Advice and Wisdom to Baby Himmel, which was Sweeney's. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like those is because they made me cry. Oh, that's nice. I was so... They were funny. Yeah. Um, Sweeney's was irreverent and weird. It's and, so fucking weird. That guy but, is just like... But wonderful. I wonder if he didn't have an outlet in comedy, if he'd be a serial killer. That guy's just he out there, man. Would. He's yes. out there. Yes, if he wasn't so crippled by his own anxiety. And, and he wonders if he I'm going to join a men's rights activist group. Yeah, he... You he's know, just, it's like... Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah. What I loved about those is they were... It was it was friendly, and it was touching, and it was thoughtful, and it was caring. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, man, like, Harry's got people in this world that are thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Before they know him, before he's even here, yeah, that's important. That's a big deal. And, yeah, that, and I read them both, and I laughed at them both, and I was touched by them both because you both know me. Yeah, and you're assuming things about the kid, and assuming things, and you know my wife. And yes, you know, but it was just they were very sweet and from a really, really genuine good place, and that meant a lot to me. And I think that that helped me not move to a beach in Costa Rica. Before he got before here. he got here with <laughs> you your anxiety, like, yeah, yeah, with all your anxiety. <laughs> well, I number one, and this is not uh, this is not self serving because my wife wrote it. But one of the things that that, and I don't think a lot of people know this about Literary, but we do, we publish quite a bit of poetry, mm-hmm. and quite a bit of short fiction, and that's not when it goes to online. HuffPost doesn't do that, and Slate doesn't. We do. We 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 value. Short fiction, we value poetry, mm-hmm. and uh, and one of the we things we want more of it. We want more of it, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Dana, my wife, Dana German, published August eighth. It is, and I read this short story like before we got married, you mm-hmm. know, and and it it to this day is maybe one of my favorite short stories. I've ever read. It's sexy. It's weird. It takes something that I thought I knew and really spins the mythology in a way that's all fucked up and crazy. Uh-huh. Um, it's called First Season at the Unicorn Ranch. Yeah. And that goddamn piece, it's one of my, it's, and she's written some stuff, Dog Day. She's written a lot yeah. of really, she fancies herself more a poet, and she is a brilliant poet, in my opinion. 
But I really think her short fiction just knocks me the fuck I out. I love it. And yeah. this piece, first season at the Unicorn Ranch, is like one of my favorite pieces of short fiction of all time, regardless mm-hmm. of author. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. It's weird. It really is incredibly sexy. Because if Dana's writing it, it's probably going to get sexy yeah. or irreverent yeah. in some way. Um, and it really spins like a tale that, you know, it's yeah. just, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I think more people should read it. Here, when I read that, I, I liked it. Yeah. Of course, I mean, I loved it. Um, I think Dana's a great writer. But yeah, that piece, I was like, this is really mm-hmm. fucking good. Here's how I, it was, how I knew that it was actually really good. Is yeah. that Jarrett, Jarrett Keen, mm-hmm. who's a published author. He's an incredible, you know, short fiction writer. Uh, fiction, short Phenomenal fiction writer, writer, yeah. Um, he's an English professor. Like, he knows yeah. his shit. And he texted me out of the fucking blue, and he's like, this piece is one of the best pieces of fiction I've read in a long time. Yeah. And Jarrett does not just dole out. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's, know, he, there's like no, that. Yeah, there's no benefit to him for him just to throw that out there. Yeah. yeah. So I love I think he, that piece. First, he, the way he presented it, I thought that, I'm like, you know what? I didn't write this. Because the way that he texts me about it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, you know, you fucking nailed it, bro, or whatever. Yeah. But the way that he sounds like, it's, you know, it's not me. He's like, oh, I know. So <laughs> the fact that he was delivering it in that comfortable friendly he way. was delivering like, it to his it. friend the yeah. publisher yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the co-editor publisher yeah, like nice job publishing this this thing, great you know? piece of fucking yeah. fiction yeah yeah so, and i think if you haven't read it you should go the fuck online and go to literate ape and do the search bar unicorn i think it's the only thing that's going to come up if you type in unicorn i hope so eh, it might be you know but it, but it's yeah it's yeah. great it's phenomenal yeah and you have some add-ons my only add-on is like in my notes here, I've got I've got the list, yeah, and then I have an AS, an American shithole question mark, yeah, because I I don't think I have a I probably could pick a favorite American shithole Eric Wilson's column. yeah, even the ones that I don't love and I like all of them right like yeah. I, I need to be careful here with what I'm saying because like there's not one that's a piece of shit but just generally here's the reason I love Eric Wilson and I love American shithole. And you and I have talked about this, how we do this to each other sometimes. Yep. Eric makes me want to be a better writer. Yeah, yeah. He writes like my favorite other writers. Like, he writes like Hunter Thompson. Mm-hmm. He, you know, there's just this... The, the thing with Wilson is that when he writes, even when he's so filled with rage, and yeah. he's just... You can tell that he's coming, or at least I can tell because I know him, that he's coming to part of the scene yeah. he's about to fucking blow his shit. He's able to put these words in these concise sentences that make sense, that make you think, that make you laugh. Yeah. That make you think about why you're laughing. It's just like... The way you're describing American Shithole, and it, it really, I think it, it, it exemplifies why the differences in how you and I are as editors of, of this enterprise and why I think we're good, we're a good partnership in this mm-hmm. is that... You look at American Shithole, and what you love is the language and the way he puts it together. And I love all that stuff, too. But what, as you were describing, what I really love about American Shithole is I like the journey. Mm-hmm. There's not one single American Shithole that I go, that was the best one. What I that, like. I think that's where I'm at. That's why I was like, what I like, like. What I like is I like the fact that he started off hardcore anti-Trump and then and then kind of imploded. I mean, kind of oh, got yeah. yeah he, he, he didn't write for he a didn't month. write All for of like July, a month. He didn't write. Yeah, because he kind of imploded, and then he came back. And and what I love about it is, I'm on a journey with him. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I like that journey. I like him finding ways to still write really excellent pieces, but mitigating sort of the personal shit that he's got to go through that all of this rage, you know, this, this, and there's a lot know, of personal shit. He, I really like the... about Trump and he talks about, you know, the politics and the news yeah. of the day. Um, you know, he, he was real big on the, the Parkland shooting. Yeah. Um, for a while he just that was an addendum yeah that was yeah. an addendum thing yeah. he was doing <laughs> I kind of want to jump on his ass about it like what did you forget about the kids too motherfucker what are you Republican now yeah no but <laughs> yeah, yeah no no but he no. there's a lot that's worked in there about his own health because he's got some health issues yeah um, his dad had a severe stroke yep. this year uh, and he talks a lot about about a, a lot about that but it all ties I like in the so journey he weaves it in so perfectly he, and his column gives me a window into a specific human being on the planet earth whom I, I find a great deal of respect Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and affection, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I think that's worth something. I I mean, it's uh, the best writers that I know that write this kind of work. I mean, it's like, like, there, there are a lot of writers that don't write those, but the, the writers that write this kind of work on a regular basis on a column, you get to know that person. Yeah. In some ways. And getting to know that person is, it's the benefit. That's the win. That's yeah. the medal at the end of the corner. All right. You you want to know who these people are. I mean, you want to know, like, I feel like it's his, it's his diary that he wants to be published. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a watch. Yes. Uh, there's a movie called Mary of Scots. No, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots. Yes, Margot yeah. Robbie and Sorsha Ronan. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really interested in it. It just sounds fascinating. It's about the relationship that Queen Elizabeth had with Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. You know, Queen of Scotland. It just, it sounds really good. And it's, and it, they're, and it's a girl some, power movie. Some people, yeah. It's, it's a, girl a girl power, power movie. Feminist thing. But, sure. But it's also about how fucking ridiculously stupid a lot of the men in Parliament and at the, you know that were trying to control these okay. women and manipulate them. And they're like, "Fuck! Would you fuck off?" Um, there's also a thing with um, a, I guess it talks about how Queen Elizabeth the first, right? Yeah, yeah, Queen yeah, Elizabeth yeah. the first. Um, like in the pictures that we see of her, she's got that like doll face. Like she had horrible. I can't remember what the disease was, but it's like her story. About how she got all fucked up, mangled. She was yeah. sick. She yeah. was ill. Um, but it just—it seems like such an interesting story that I feel because I know fuck all about it. Yeah, and I'm not an idiot. I, I know actually quite I a bit about know it. Yeah. More I love, than I, I do love those about stories. This relationship yeah. and these that time. I've actually been to Mary Queen Queen of Scots Castle. See, there you go. Dana and I went there on our fourth anniversary. Went to Scotland for a day trip and uh, did the thing. And we were a in the day room. trip. Well, we went to London. Okay, all right. Like, and so we were in London. <laughs> we were in this afternoon. Ah, let's yeah. go to Scotland. No, we were in London for a like uh, like a week and a half, yeah. and then we took a. Actually, it was a two day trip to Scotland, to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she'd never been, and it's maybe other than Chicago, my favorite city on the planet Earth. Okay. So if I weren't if I weren't moving to Vegas, I'd be moving to Edinburgh. Yeah. But Vegas has got better fucking weather. So yeah, so. go see that movie because I'm gonna yeah. see it and I'm excited about it. I'm gonna do a watch. My number one watch is. It's similar in that the men are a bunch of fuck-ups, but this is a complete sausage fest film. Um, it stars Christian Bale and Sam Rockwell. Yes. 
as respectively Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. It is dire- written and directed by Adam McKay. Um, it is called Vice. And motherfucker, woo, dude. like a whole movie yeah. of guys fucking things up. This is a brilliant, it's brilliant. Go see it. Vice. Vice. I cannot wait to see it and talk about it. It opens up on cr- Christmas Day. Yeah. So It opened of, up on Christmas Day. Or it opened up on Christmas Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what the fuck day is... I'm so... It's the 30th, the dumbass. Man. I'm just... I'm, it's the December 30th. Alright, tomorrow's New Year's yeah. Eve. Chill out. So, I wanted to see it on Christmas Day, and I didn't. Yeah. Because I had family. Yeah, I'm running with family. Ugh. But yeah. Uh, oh, I'm oh, yeah, Vice. Vice. Yeah. Alright, alright. Uh, so my next thing is, uh, this is New Year's Eve Eve, and uh, just some advice from your from your your friend David here. <laughs> Drink responsibly this New Year's Eve. Nah, I'm kidding. Get fucking wasted. Get puke fucking wasted. Wife. There you go. And puke on your wife. And if you don't have a wife, puke, puke on, on somebody a woman. else's wife. Puke on someone that you will make your wife. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great starting story of a relationship. Is I threw How up on you. How did you guys meet? I puked in her mouth. Yeah, I puked in her mouth on her tits. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but on her left boob only, because left boob is better. Th- yeah. um, my number two is a listen. Um, it is a podcast. Uh, this is really interesting. It's a New York Times podcast. It's called Caliphate. Okay. And I know this is heavy duty, but we're getting to 2019, and your lack of information about ISIS is troubling me. David, Mine personally. you don't know you don't know a fucking thing about what we're fighting when it comes to terrorism. You don't know. Well, we're fighting terrorism. We're See, fighting that for ex- freedom. This is exactly Donald, what we're fighting I'm saying. for freedom. Do you hate the troops? I do hate the troops. No, I don't. Um, it's called Caliphate, and, and uh, the, the 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 sort of lead up is in the war on terror. Who is it that we're really fighting? Those who hate freedom. No. Jesus, Don. Caliphate follows Rukmini Kalamaki who covers terrorism for the New York Times on her quest to understand ISIS. This is excellent. It's it's hyper good journalism. Really great work. And it gives you an insight on something that everybody thinks they kind of have a beat on, yeah. but almost nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. It's a bit about. of a theme there. ISIS and how they are and who they are. Yeah. And Vice, you know, Dick Cheney... Yeah, I'm going to. I'm. I've got a direction, and you'll see my third with my direction. So yeah, yeah. Uh, So my third thing to do. um, It's looking forward into 2019, and as things happen, as they as 2019 unfolds, I'm going to do this with you. Reframe the bad. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, we are on the same page, buddy. And manage the good. Yeah. Because you're not that fucking great. And even if it was that fucking great, what's on? What's the next thing? Don't rest on your laurels. So reframe the bad, manage the good, live on an even keel. And while you're doing that, my first thing, my number one thing, I want you to go to longreads.com. You know I love longreads. Yeah. Um, it's an article by Adam Buffa, B-O-F-F-A. It is called, At the Very Least We Know the End of the World Will Have a Bright Side. Now, this is an article. That's what I love about it. Okay. This is about a brand new stream of science fiction called Solar Punk. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I know. Okay. I read this and I went, oh, I fucking want to read some yeah. of this. Solar it Punk? assumes, sure. it already assumes the apocalyptic climate disaster we're slated for. It assumes the world's going to fuck up, that cl- we've fucked it up beyond repair. It takes the world as we know it now. 
But like Star Trek, it takes that apocalyptic climate failure and then looks to an optimistic future within it. Mm -hmm. And it's all science fiction. The quote, this is a great quote from the article. I love this. Solar Punk asks us to remember that humanity will be just as varied in its approach, its morals, and its imperatives after the apocalypse as it is now. Hmm. And it's like a, it's, an, it's an entire science fiction movement of writers and artists who have said, we know we're not coming back from climate change. Yeah. We fucked it up too bad. Yeah. But that doesn't mean our future is this bleak, cynical, pessimistic thing that 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 we can and humanity will survive and work through it and figure out better ways and still create art and still create technology and still make things better. And that's what I love about this. It is exactly what you said. It's reframing this horrifying nature, this thing we've created and saying... The best of humanity still has, we still have options. We still have things. And in, in, in the best the tradition of best science fiction, it is, you know, it's like Jules Verne, mm -hmm. you know, predicted the fax machine. Yep. And Star Trek predicted the cell phone. It is about. Well, did they predict it or did they inspire it? I think that's kind of the same thing. Semantics. Sure. You know, but, but I love that. Science fiction taking the world that we live in now and saying, what's it going to be like a hundred years from now? And what did we learn? And can we learn? And here's yeah. what we learned. Yeah. And I love that. And so I'm, I'm actually going to spend some 2019 actually really delving into some of this solar punk because I really love this idea. We can learn a lot about our present by reading or watching the future that was given to us from the past. Ooh. That's a t-shirt, literateape.com. That's a fucking complicated headline. All right. Happy <laughs> New Year. Happy um, New Year. Drink everybody. responsibly or not. Don't. Um, and Just uh, get home safely. That's yeah, get all. home safely yeah. because uh, otherwise 2019 doesn't exist it doesn't for exist. you. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.